0: Nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring today. Robert Half is here to help. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey, I'm Veronica Dagger, and this is the Wall Street Journal's Secrets of Wealthy Women, where women share how they tackle career, money, and the world. The coronavirus pandemic has turned all of our worlds upside down and it's putting a huge stress on our lives and our careers. Millions of Americans have had their hours cut or lost their jobs because of the outbreak. And many of those who are still working are doing it in a completely new and challenging setting in their own homes. How to keep your career on track during this crisis That's what we'll be talking about this week with career coach Marianne Ruggiero. Marianne's helped people survive challenging situations at work and find jobs during economic downturns. She's got a lot of great advice to share and we're thrilled to have her joining us today. Welcome, Marianne.
1: Thank you, Veronica.
0: First, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing pretty well. It's challenging for me as well as for everybody else. And I just try to keep it in perspective. Right now I'm home and I'm healthy, so that's the priority.
0: Yeah, that's huge, that health is number one. How has your work routine changed?
1: Well, I've had to make some adjustments. I've now moved everything online as everyone else has and had to convert a lot of one-on-one personal contact to keeping in touch with people through video and through various media platforms like uh, chat and Google Hangouts, et cetera. And uh, I happen to be highly introverted, so I've had to develop new extroverted skills to keep up with the change. Oh, like what? Well, uh, I've learned that it's really important to share personal information and I might not do that as freely when I'm not in person. And I've learned that uh, you got to have a little of that chat at the beginning of conversations. And certainly, as a caring person, I care. Are you healthy? Is your family healthy? How are you doing? Kind of what's the context in which we're operating today so I can be sensitive to that, know what your timing is, what your mood is. So I've broadened out my horizons in that respect.
0: I'm getting used to doing that too. I think being in New Yorker, it's very like direct to the point. And then sometimes you're like, okay, situation like this, let's take a step back for a second. Exactly,
1: so. take a breath.
0: <laughs> exactly, so I think we're all learning. Many of us are scrambling to adapt to this new reality and a lot of people are having to balance work with taking care of the kids or other family members who are also at home. Marion, how can people stay motivated at work when their routines have changed and they're completely overwhelmed?
1: Well, the way to handle the overwhelm situation is to restructure. Come up with what routine you think you could make work. Uh, No doubt there's a negotiation at home to happen with maybe children or with parents and Mm -hmm. spouse. But find out what kind of structure you could get so that there are certain maybe time zones during the day that are better for you to have meetings online than other times. And then work cooperatively with your colleagues and your boss or your clients negotiate and compromise a schedule that might help everybody align. The good news here is you're not the single woman working from home asking for a privilege or special accommodation. Everybody's in the same boat if you talk about it. So I think in this time, the way you do that is to over-communicate and really make sure that people understand the context in which you're operating and how you can work most effectively with them given this new context.
0: How in detail should you get about your personal situation?
1: I think you can keep it to something reasonable, like I am at home. We have three children. My husband and I are both working from home, or my partner and I are both working from home. We find that with the school schedule and our work schedules, if we could organize our meetings between 10 and 12 and between 2 and 4, that would be optimal uninterrupted time that I could be totally focused on you.
0: Sounds like communication is really key. So we asked our listeners to call in and leave questions for you and tell us about their experiences. I wanna have you listen to one we got from listener Emily Kalla from St. Louis, Missouri.
1: When I saw that there are going to be closures and other things that made getting work done debilitating, I was proactive in talking to the partners at my law firm about redirecting my work so that I was still adding value and also proactively calming their fears as we entered at a time when we weren't able to build clients or generate work like we typically would. I feel like when people are calm and proactive about addressing these uncertain times, it has the effect of calming other people down and hopefully makes everybody feel like we can get through difficult times if we just keep communicating. I think Emily has given a terrific tip. Uh, she has put the emphasis on adding value proactively. It's much more about making sure that your boss knows that you create value. It's not about the frequency of emails. It's not about the length of your emails to get attention. Here, here's where you no longer need to just look busy to feel secure in your job. It's where you can really focus on how to create value. Productivity and results are much more important than whether or not you're seen with the phone line being busy or you're shooting out a high volume number of emails.
0: So can you get a bit more specific? What are some of the other ways we can make sure our boss still sees our value?
1: Well, I would say one is to be sure that you are in sync with regard to expectations and goals and timelines so that you can be reporting what you've accomplished in a given day or in a week or by attending a meeting relative to those goals. This is a time where if you've been managing by objective and hold people accountable for their work in those environments, you're likely to be much better off. Managers who haven't been doing that need to shift to that management style.
0: It's it's great you bring up managing because I'm wondering if you're a manager, how do you keep your team motivated and build a sense of community, knowing that some of your team might also be juggling a lot at home right now?
1: Well, I think I've seen some and heard some examples of managers who are having chats like on Friday at four o'clock, let's get the whole team on Zoom or WebEx, whatever platform they're using and have a half hour wrap up. What have you done? What has the team accomplished this week? What do you feel good about? What are your concerns for next week? And do it in that kind of Friday afternoon at four o'clock environment where people are feeling a little bit more relaxed and they know after that they can, in theory, sign off. And I think also showing appreciation. We've talked in the past about uh, in relationship building, it's important to show appreciation. Bosses need to step up and communicate. I just want to be sure to thank. Veronica for having made that point in the meeting or I wanna thank Trina for helping us get this thing set up. So recognize people. It's not gonna cost you money in a bonus. It's not gonna cost you money in a bigger raise. Right now, people need to be recognized and feel that they are visible even in this relatively invisible manner.
0: and we're gonna take a quick break, but when we come back, I'd love to get your thoughts on how we can keep our careers on track during this crisis.
1: This message is brought to you by Nuveen. Nuveen has provided investment excellence for 125 years. A lot has changed, but one thing that remains constant, including the different types of durable income and portfolios, can help investors meet their goals. With expertise across income and alternatives, Nuveen continues to expand its capabilities while maintaining its legacy as a leading investment manager. Visit nuveen.com to learn more. Investing involves risk. Loss of principle is possible.
0: So we've talked a bit about juggling day-to-day work, but I also want to talk about career goals. Marion, you're a big proponent of networking, especially internal networking. What are some good ways we can try to do that?
1: Well, again, it's doing this within a new structure and in a new way. I was speaking to a banker the other day and I asked her how office politics or internal networking was working or not in their environment and how people were actually plugging in to be able to maintain that visibility. And it was interesting. She said, well, just communicate and, and have an etiquette. So you don't just wanna pick up the phone and call somebody. You don't wanna just set up an invite without having organized the invite. But you can text and say, hey, would love to touch base. When would be a good time? Send an invite. So it's using all of the media, text to make contact, do an invitation to set up a coffee, It can be a 20-minute meeting. It doesn't have to be an hour meeting. Uh, I'm working with uh, another person, and they were going to take a big business trip, and we're now trying to convert the trip into an online experience. So don't let this get in the way of your being productive. Just be creative.
0: For sure. Uh, One thing that might be on hold right now are promotions. It may feel awkward to be thinking about your promotion when other people are getting laid off, of course, but what do you think of that? How should we be thinking about moving up at this time
1: well i would say first of all if you had been told that you are going to be promoted and that you were going to be getting a raise and maybe that was going to be on april 1st uh, then we all know that's pretty bad timing Uh, in many companies it may not happen they may say we're going to put that on hold until we have the dust settle and we don't want to inflate our budgets uh until we're more clear about the future I would encourage people to not internalize that as personal. Separate out the idea from the timing. Conceptually, they want to give you that promotion. Conceptually, they've told you about the raise. The only thing that's now being negotiated or compromised is actually the timing of it. And there's nothing more than we need right now than is a lot of patience. So we just have to be patient, but it may well come to you. If you're competing for a promotion, you want to make partner, you want to be made a managing director, you want to be made a VP, and you've been trying to do that, then it's go back to what are the goals? What do I need to help my boss be more successful? What else do I need to prove to show that I've demonstrated the ability, the skills, the experience to get that promotion?
0: Marion, a lot of people have lost their jobs already. Millions of Americans, in fact, in the last couple of weeks If we think that's gonna happen to us, what should we do to prepare?
1: I would say first, I remember Emily, I think she said, stay calm, don't panic, uh, and keep communicating. One of the things that you do when you are looking for a job, let's say the worst case scenario happens and you lose your job. Today, compared to other times, these may really be layoffs, not terminations. They may Mm -hmm. not be a permanent condition. So again, around resiliency as a skill. Avoid the temptation to think, oh, I'm never gonna be able to find a job, or I'm always gonna be on the edge. No, always and never are not true conditions. Mm -hmm. They're not absolute. Mm -hmm. And in this particular case, in these times, you may be called back. So it may be a temporary layoff. But even if it were not, and you were in the market looking for a job, and there still are companies hiring, they will interview you, and what we know in interviews is they're going to ask you for many case studies about your accomplishments. So what you, the one thing you could do is think about your accomplishments, your greatest hits over the course of the last 12 or 18 months, and develop your star stories. S is for situation, T is for task, A is for action, R is for results, You can search for that online and get any number of guides about how to use the STAR method. But you think about your accomplishments and you explain. Here is the situation, this is what I decided to do, here's the actions I took. And if you develop your STAR stories, now you're prepared so if somebody calls you, or you scan and you find an opportunity, or you find that you have to go justify your most previous experience, you're going to be ready.
0: So New York has already been really hit hard by the coronavirus and the lockdowns. We got a text message from a reader and a listener in Buffalo, New York, who has already been laid off. She was asking us how to cope. I think the first step is knowing what steps to take first, right?
1: Right. So I would say the deep breath to process the loss of the job, the concern and the fears around why you lost your job, deal, deal with the emotional part of yourself and allow yourself a couple of days to take a breath and kind of sit yourself back together again. The next thing would be to think about the market and think about the skills you have and where might there be opportunities so that you can think about riding a wave of opportunity
0: networking is a big part of finding that next job, as you well know, and knowing where to apply. But this is a really tricky time, and we don't know what people are going through or what their own job situation is. Do you have any tips for networking externally at this time?
1: Well, I do think that the approach can remain. Ideally, you approach people because you know somebody who knows somebody and you get a warm connection. But if you are going in cold, I think to take context into account because their LinkedIn profile may or may not be up to date. Some companies, when they terminate you, require that you update the LinkedIn profile and put an end date on your employment. Other companies haven't yet figured out that they could be asking people to do that as part of their separations. So you don't, to your point, you don't really know. So I think going in and understanding in the context, you know, given the environment, first and foremost, hope you are healthy. And remain with your company, remain productive. Uh, here's why I'm reaching out to you. So that way, you're not just steamrolling over people and making the assumption that they are healthy, that maybe got, they may have a very close person in their family who's a healthcare worker in a hospital and putting in 14-hour shifts, and they're thinking, and you're worried about looking for a job? You know? Right. <laughs> so totally. I think putting things in perspective and being contextually sensitive is probably one of the most important shifts relative to pre-corona and post-corona
0: period. Is this the wrong time to be asking for a job? Should we just kinda cool our heels for now if we can afford to do that financially?
1: Uh, No, I don't see any reason why not. If you create value and you can make a contribution, there remain companies who have needs and are looking for talent.
0: And to follow up on jobs we've already applied to, is the same rule apply, you know, express concern about that person's health first, do a little small talk, and then go for the follow-up?
1: Yes, I think a simple line as, no doubt you have a tsunami of work to do, or I'm sure you're very busy and there are many agendas to be accomplished. But I did want you to know that I remain very interested in the position and hope that as things evolve that we'll be able to connect again soon.
0: Some people have lost their jobs already, maybe worried about the gap this is gonna create on their resume. How do you think potential employers are going to view this time period on people's resumes?
1: I would like to think that they would be sympathetic, if not empathetic, because there have to be a lot of people who know a lot of people who are losing their jobs in this situation. Again, don't personalize it. People will not make the assumption that you were terminated for anything that you did. They're going to think that this was an economy that just completely blew up.
0: What about college grads? Because they were expecting to be entering a really strong job market and right? And now the bottom has fallen out from under them. I feel so badly. What is your advice for them?
1: they are in a tough spot. Some may have been lucky enough to have been given offers in December and January. I'm waiting to hear from my contacts as to whether or not those offers will remain intact, if they will be deferred till next year, or if they will be rescinded. It's a crazy market. In the same day I had someone have an offer rescinded, someone else got two offers, and a third person had a job put on hold. So it's very industry and very job function specific. So to the college grads, um, I think, again, they can be networking. They have the opportunity to use this time to reflect more carefully about what direction they want to go in. And instead of just thinking about getting a job upon graduation, think about what would be the right job to get when I can get it. Again, shift your attention to the concept versus the timing. You're going to end up having to move home anyway. So that part you just have to kind of suck up, excuse the expression. But at least spend some time getting your general knowledge about business or nonprofit or government, whatever, public service, wherever you want to go. Learn more about jobs. And if it it becomes an extended time off, then think about what kind of vocational classes you might take. I I wouldn't study more history. I don't think I would study more political science. But I might learn Google Analytics. I might take an Excel spreadsheet class to go from being good to being an Excel ninja. Uh, Look at what data visualization means. Go online. See if there's a course. This is a good time to pick up vocational skills that you might not have had the chance to do if you were a liberal arts undergraduate.
0: So during the 2008 financial crisis, there were a lot of people getting master's degrees and MBAs, professional degrees, going back to school or staying in school to bridge the crisis. What do you think of doing an extended type of degree like that now?
1: It's a great question because it's a 24 month commitment and maybe even 36 months because you have to decide, you have to take the GMATs if you haven't taken them already, uh, make your applications. Uh, typically, though, those master's degree programs are looking for students to enter around age 26. So those who had been thinking about it should definitely stay on that track and continue to think about it. Although the competition level will likely rise, as it did in 07 and 08, and it's because it's a productive way to use your time. But frankly, I would say, given the disruption of technology, most technology jobs don't necessarily require an MBA. Maybe a master's in computer science. I mean, we have something like 970,000 opportunities for people who write code. We graduate 65,000 undergraduates with degrees in computer science. Uh, These statistics come from a wonderful organization called Pursuit, which is a not-for-profit. And they have developed essentially a program that takes Individuals from less advantaged environments, whether you're a high school graduate or not, college graduate or not, if you can qualify for their program, they will give you coding skills. The average participant goes from a income anywhere from zero to maybe 17, $20,000 a year to jobs that pay $85,000 a year. I would encourage people who don't have the money to invest in a program to look for those kinds of opportunities that go along the spectrum of economic advantage or disadvantage. And if you have the money, then create your own program. But take courses, uh, again, vocationally oriented, because these jobs don't require MBAs.
0: Do you think this is the time we might consider a career change, especially if we're finding out our field has temporarily shut down?
1: If your field has temporarily shut down, I wouldn't feel good encouraging a career change because typically people who know you will let you do something you've never done before but people who don't won't so it's hard to start over you also start at the lower end of the pay scale so it can be a little over romanticized but if you're stuck and you have to go definitely do it i have found in this environment my clients who are working in education have had offers made, offers accepted, and have started new jobs in the last month. People in technology, same thing. Some people in financial services, but not all. And certainly jobs in healthcare are moving forward.
0: Oh yeah, I'm sure, such a huge demand.
1: So I think, um, I wouldn't let this event be the pivot. I I would really be taking the measure, if this hadn't been happening, do I still need to make a pivot? And what would that be? And this is a great time, you now get the time. You can get on your unemployment, get your check, and take a few weeks to network and talk to people. What would be the field you would go in? Start getting specific. If I did start over, where would I be prepared to go? What would I do? What would I need to qualify? Who would I need to know? How could I make that happen? So that if it happens today, or it happens 18 months from now, you're a step closer to making it real.
0: Great tips. Thank you so much for the helpful advice, Marianne. My pleasure. We know Secrets listeners are concerned about their money at this time and have a lot of personal finance questions. So we'll be speaking with financial planner Meredith Moore about the steps you can take to shore up your finances during the coronavirus disruption. And we will be answering your questions. We still have our hotline open, so you can call and leave us a voicemail with your money questions or send us a text. Our number is 314-200-5947. I'm Veronica Dagger. Hang in there, Secrets listeners. I'm going to take Marianne's advice and learn a new skill. How about you? Thanks for listening. The Claude 3 model family by Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. Haiku is lightning fast and cost-effective. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed, and Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Learn more at anthropic.com/claude.